Learning how to connect with your children and talk through best practices with other fathers is essential because there is no manual. Building a legacy with your children is vital for their continual growth. Our mission is to celebrate and support fathers by equipping them with the tools and resources needed to lead successful families. We welcome you to Birthright Living Legacy Podcast. Oh, man, calm down, people. Calm down. I know it's been a while, but calm down. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a spectacular treat. I have a long-term, long-term fatherhood advocate. I mean, almost since before I was in diapers, like, even though we're close <laughs> to the same age. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, have father of four, author, speaker, people advocate, personal and professional development coach, been married for five years, and a barber for 34. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you to put your hands together for the one, the only, Tyson D. Thompson! <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Man. Oh. Yeah, thanks for having oh. me here, sir. Okay, 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 okay. That's enough. That's enough. I appreciate it. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Like they say, you got to get the flowers while you're here, man. And you are one of my heroes. You know what I mean? I remember when I first got into this fatherhood space, and you and Sekou were the two names I just kept hearing. You got to get to know Tyson. You got to know Tyson. I was like, I know Tyson, but I don't know Tyson. I know Tyson, but I don't know Tyson. Yeah, so yeah. I was super excited to be able to get this. And so this is like three years of perpetual prayer and hope uh, to be able to get you in the studio. So I'm super excited. To oh, have it's you glad here, to be here. Glad so, to be here. Yes, so sir. glad to have you. So we want to start out in true birthright fashion and ask you, Tyson, what was your favorite part about being your father's son? My favorite part about being my father's son, being my father's son, like my dad's son. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you know we didn't have the greatest relationship, right? But um, the fact that I looked like him, okay, I think that was my favorite part because you know you had something to identify with, and people will say, "Oh, this got to be Jerry's son. Look mm. just like him, eyebrows, everything." And uh, I had a cousin come in my barber shop not too long ago. He was like, "Boy, you look just like Jerry." <laughs> so it gives you like a foundation or a basis for you know where you come from. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a cool dude. He kind of had his issues, but yeah. to look like somebody and to be acknowledged and people wow. recognize me, you look like your daddy. Wow. Yeah, that was cool. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a great identifier. And so uh, were you guys in the home together or was it? Well, my mom and him got divorced uh, when I was almost six years old. Okay. And so he had some challenges with alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. different things. Uh, he was a quiet guy until he was high okay. or drunk. You know, mm-hmm. he was a rowdy then. Yeah. But he was pretty much a quiet guy. I don't remember him saying many words to me. Mm-hmm. You know how you can hear your dad or your mom call your name? Marquise. Mm-hmm. Didn't I tell you Marquise? Yeah. Or, hey, remember Marquise? When you get older, make yeah. these decisions. I don't hear his voice. Oh. Yeah, it's nothing there. Is he still around? Or? No, he passed when I was 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, so what was the relationship like? Were you guys just like shoulder to shoulder? Time? Well, I was always, I was almost six. Okay. So we didn't really have a time to develop the relationship, mm-hmm. you know? So we didn't talk a lot. I mean, six years old, I didn't, I don't remember really any conversations. And okay. after they got divorced, we would go visit sometimes and mm-hmm. he was just quiet. 
Yeah. Now, quiet were man. you guys here in Tulsa? We um, moved here from Oklahoma City. Really? So I was born there. And when I got divorced, my mom moved here okay. to Tulsa. And um, she said, I don't know what happened, but he ended up moving too okay. after the divorce. So he was here. Nice. You know, so we didn't really have a lot of uh, growth time together. Mm-hmm. And the time we spent, he was he's quiet. Quiet dude. Nice. Somber. Um, th- there's one memory when we were uh, working on bicycles. And mm-hmm. He was telling me about barbarians. And he said, these barbarians, you take them <laughs> and do them like this here. And you like that there. And they go like this here. And other than that, I don't remember a conversation with him. Wow. Yeah. Well, I understand. My last experience in his presence, uh, I was 13, mm-hmm. and him and my mom was maybe thinking about working it out, mm-hmm. and he was cooking breakfast in his underwear. So he had uh, he was cooking uh, steak and eggs. Oh, wow. And I remember grease everywhere. You know what <laughs> I mean? And, it, and he ate sunny-side-up eggs. Okay. And so today I eat sunny-side-up eggs because really? my daddy ate them. Mm. Don't really like the yolk, but he just ate them, and I thought, well, I'm going to do that. Mm. And so today I do it probably because he did it. Mm. I, I like it now, but not the yolk. Yeah, I'm not but I think just in yolk. that moment, just identifying with something, yeah, you know, of my father, yeah. it, just eating the eggs, just remind me of daddy. Wow. Yeah, and you know, and that goes to sh- show that even if a person isn't in your life and they're not healthy, mm-hmm. the father's presence is is humongous, is yeah, necessary. Absolutely. And statistically, when a kid has a grandfather in his life, they do well. They do much better. And it's something about that patriarchal figure mm-hmm. that gives you this sense of identity and confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a lar- large portion is as we, we, you know, we get our name from our fathers typically. Yeah. And um, so that's why probably identifying with that I look like him, mm-hmm. it gave me something of my father. And, th- and now I eat eggs like daddy. Now he's like that. Yeah, I love it because you know if you guys got to see his face, he's lighting up as he talk about these eggs. Yeah. It's, it's it's a good thing because a lot of people, you know, like to argue the idea that you know dads don't leave that much of an impression, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like a like an accessory. Uh, it's like ah, if I get one, yeah. if I don't, yeah. it's all right. But you were the I think you were the first person. No, I know for for, for a fact you were the first person to say these words to me. Both parents are intrinsically valuable. You said as a father, uh, you were talking about your daughter. You were saying that I am intrinsically valuable to you Mm -hmm. and I will always love you no matter what. No matter what. And I and I and I have adopted that term because I tell people almost daily, like both parents are intrinsically valuable. Like it doesn't matter like how you feel about it, what your opinion like you absolutely have to have both parents because like you said like a father's voice is probably the most powerful mm-hmm. one that you'll ever hear or not hear yes and a mother's voice is probably the most loving voice you'll yes. ever hear or not hear um and so those things will definitely help define you as a human being as an individual as a you know growing uh person in 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 the world and so what about uh, fatherhood got you so excited to make you become an advocate? Well, um, I was on stage teaching at uh, Central High School. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was telling this story about knowledge and information, I had a vision of my mom. And I saw myself looking back because I had an issue with my son. Mm-hmm. And it was like a quick vision. And I'm not, you know, some, you know, super religious, overly, you know, um, spiritual guy that you know, think stuff falling from the sky. But <laughs> I had a just a quick vision 
of me dealing with my son, and he was um, he was uh, fairly young, not even quite one, but I was asking my mom a question, and she didn't have an answer. Because mm-hmm. my son would ask me questions. Daddy, daddy, can I toy, toy? And I thought, man, what if he asked me something I don't know? Mm-hmm. Then I thought, well, I can get an answer. So I asked my mom. Well, my mom didn't have an answer. And when she looked back, she didn't have nobody to answer. Her daddy wasn't there. Mm. Her father um, excluded himself from her life. And he said it verbally, you know, about keeping things the way they are, not getting involved in our lives. And I realized that my mom didn't have the support that that I will be able to give my son. Mm-hmm. And I made a promise that day that I will be available yeah. to help young men and young women who are fatherless. Mm. And I wrote this narrative uh, years later. It was called, How Do You Honor a Disengaged Father? and live free from his rejection. Wow. So how do you honor somebody that you is a, it holds a position of honor, right? Mm-hmm. But they're neglectful, you know, abusive, non-existent, choose not to be in your life. Yeah. So it, it, it really started me on my journey of writing, writing books. Right. And uh, I want to help people who don't have the resources. And, and as a barber... I connect with a lot of people from all over the world. Right. It's been well over 100,000 conversations I've yeah. sat at. You know what <laughs> I mean? Talking to people, speaking yeah. over the years. And if I didn't have that community, I don't know where I would be. Mm-hmm. So I promised myself that I will be available for people and try to create a community where people can get the resources that I started off not having, mm-hmm. but I end up getting because of my atmosphere of being a barber. Old men, young men, people that are in business, not in business, made mistakes, People that are growing, developing, those who are not, from drug dealers, pimps, pastors, athletes, professional coaches, professional athletes, professional musicians, everybody has sat in my chair. Mm -hmm. And to be able to glean from them and learn from them, to be corrected by them, to be encouraged by them, it was a community like none other. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we lack in our culture is community. And when you talk about fathers being important, a lot of times they're not looked at as the nurturer or the protector, but biblically speaking, if we're going to use that as a reference, mm-hmm. we're responsible for our children. Amen to that. You know, 100%. We're yeah. responsible. But we live in a culture, you get a divorce, well, you split. Typically the woman takes the role of being the, the caretaker. And the father goes and does something else, or maybe the courts separate, or the father's working, so he's not as connected with the child. and. And so they feel more comfortable with mom, whatever the reason. Mm-hmm. But fathers are necessary. As a matter yeah. of fact, we couldn't be here without it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can't even Period. be a mother without being a father you can't. or having a father and vice versa. Period. Yeah. I. That's one of the, the craziest things that I've noticed mm-hmm. in this climate is how people keep trying to strip away yes. that the the defining roles of both are separate. Yes. Uh, and they're both needed. Like you said, fathers can be nurturers, but that's not their primary focus. Mm-hmm. Um, just like mothers can be strong, but yes. that's not their primary focus. But if you create a opportunity for a child to see both yes. parents, mm-hmm. then they have solid ground. Like you said, having that identity yes. to be able to go from, to say, you know what, <clears throat> whether I like it right, wrong, or indifferent, mm-hmm. to know where I'm pivoting from yes. is so much different. You know, it's just like if you set an adventurer out, you mm-hmm. know, if you put a blindfold them and spin them and, and you leave them in their home city and say, all right, now go find this, they're going to be okay because they know where they are. 
But if you've flown them halfway across the world, ups and downs, underwater, right. then back out, and they can't get their bearings, then you spin them. Shoot, you don't even got to spin them. You just <laughs> take the blindfold off and say, go. They're going to spend so much time trying to gain their bearings just to say, where am I? What is up? What is down? What is left? What is right? And then you have to trust the very first voice you hear, whether it's good or bad, because mm -hmm. somebody might see you and say, oh, wow. You look lost, and that's where the manipulation that's or right. uh, that's those right. other op those other you know entities come into play for a young person when they don't have that proper bearing to be able to pivot to say, you know what, my father was let's just say not as strong as I think he should have been. Mm -hmm. I know how to build on that. You know, my mom wasn't as nice as I thought she should have been. I know how to build on that. But if I say I don't know who they are. I'm going to be like, I don't know what's going on. Fair game. Fair game. For the wolves. And, yeah, and, and exactly. Mm -hmm. And then the wolves, I think Kevin Gates said it best on the uh, interview he did with Big Boy. He said, he said, a taker always recognizes a giver. Oh, most definitely. You know what I mean? Like he said, that it, I had to learn how to set proper boundaries. That's right. Because otherwise, those takers – Will do exactly what they <laughs> what their name sure is. They'll come in and take advantage of you because they know you don't have your bearings. And it's just it's just so much easier to get guide your way through life. And I didn't meet my dad until I was 16, 14, mm. 15, 16. So I had already had all of the influences. They just didn't, it was like they were throwing ideas against the wall. They just yeah, didn't yeah. stick. Mm -hmm. But it was like, man, this don't it don't fit. Like yes. I didn't feel like I fit where I was at. And then when I met him, I remember being, I, I remember at 21 when I interviewed him for the first time. Oh, wow. Uh, I encourage guys, especially those of them that have gone through the stories like I have where your dad was disengaged mm -hmm. or you felt like they didn't love you as much. I say, take the time to get to know that person as yes. if they were a stranger. Yes. I just had a testimony yesterday where a guy hasn't talked to his dad in 14 years. Wow. Because his dad made a comment that he misinterpreted, but he took it as this is must be what he meant. And I told him, I said, bro, take the time to interview your dad as if he was a stranger. I said, just think how excited you would be if Kevin Hart or somebody was sitting in front of you. You'd want to ask him all these questions, yeah, right? Yeah. Not knowing that you probably have seen thousands of interviews with them, but you would want to ask it so you could hear your answer. Mm -hmm. Do your dad like that. And then if your grandfather's still alive, do him like that. I said, because that will give you insight to things you don't even know yet. And I'm going to tell you what's powerful about that is that your dad, your grandparents, your, mm -hmm. your mom, uncle, aunt, nobody chose to be born. Right. I mean, think about that. Mm -hmm. And you think of the mistakes that you've made in your journey, right? Like right now, how, how old are you? 42. 42 years old, and you have a newborn baby right. with your wife. How long y'all been married? Three years. You've never been here before. Right. You've never, never been in this space and time before <laughs> dealing with the issues that you have oh, right absolutely. now. So when I had my, my son, I thought, this is hard. My mom did this on her own. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, my perspective shifted and changed because the world wasn't what I thought it was. Right. But it wasn't what my mom or dad thought it was. Right. So we can be two things. Like, we are, we can be a recipient of life. Or victim. Mm. When you receive something, think about it, you embrace it. Mm -hmm. You almost welcome it. You're open to it. You're vulnerable to it. Mm -hmm. But if you're a victim, right, something happens to you. Mm -hmm. A cause and an effect. 
my father chose another path. Right. Drugs, you know, different way of living. But he had different parents than me. Right. My mom made this decision. She said, son, we're getting the divorce and we're moving because I want you to see that there's another way to live your life. But if we stay where we are right now, you may believe this is how you live mm. because your dad is dealing with these issues. So I'm going to move you away from those issues and show you another path so that I can have a choice. But what if I had stayed in that position, living with dad, growing up in his environment, his platform, mm -hmm. all the children that grew up with my father is incarcerated or was incarcerated. Wow. Every last one. And you were the only one that made it. Well, I, I had uh, two other younger brothers that didn't, but he mm -hmm. had other kids that didn't grow up with him. He only grew up, I think only uh, two of his biological children lived with him and grew up. But the point is that that could have been me. It could have been just as easily me in that situation had my mother not made a decision. See, we don't choose our parents. We don't choose what we look like. I'm five, four, and three quarters. You know what I mean? I'm a little black guy, right? Didn't choose it. Didn't yeah. choose my eye color, my voice, my tone, none of that. Yeah. These are things that were um, given to us or were received as An recipients of life. Yeah. Right? So the point being is that we have to pump the brakes. My yeah. dad is only human. My mom's only human. Mm -hmm. And they worked with what they had. And yeah. if it's his decision to not be in my life, that was his choice. And it's not necessarily a reflection of my worth or my value wow. because he made a decision not to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That's what I wrote in that narrative. That's what freed me to live my life. He made a choice not to do something that he should have done. So I can choose to be offended or live free. So I chose to live free from his rejection because I understood he's just a man. And this is how I came to understand it. We were um, out at a carnival. Like in Sand Springs, I was about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. and we, they had been divorced at this time for about four years. But anyway, I think I think I said something like, um, Daddy, I don't think you uh, paid for my ticket. Well, he slapped me in front of about 100 people. Wow. And shut the, says, <clears throat> shut the F up, Ian. <laughs> if you don't know what an Ian is, it's the nigga word, right? He said, uh -huh. shut the F up. And, man, I was crushed. Yeah. The whole, the rest of the day, he didn't talk to me. Yeah. Tried to have as much fun as I could, but I thought, man, I, I can't come here no more. You know, wow. I just can't be around dad no more. So we go home. He takes us back home to mama's. And I said, mama, I don't want to go over daddy's anymore. He said, well, what happened? Well, he slapped me, mama. He, he told me to shut up, and he cussed at me. And he said, okay, well, I'm sorry that happened, baby. But sit down, let me talk to you. Yeah. See, here we go. Now I have a parent that was aware yeah. that could help me through something that was mm. tragic. But what if I didn't? Right. What if I had a parent that just went off? See, that's why I left that MF. Yeah. See, that MF ain't no good. See? And then and that's the truth. Hey, <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? But that's, guess what this woman did? Yeah. She said, well, let me tell you his story. Oh. Let me tell you his story. Whoa. See, hold isn't that on. Powerful? Hold, wait. Hold. Well, where, where's your mom? We, we need her to come out of the know, back. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> I, I, because that... Bro. Hey, it was powerful. It was life-changing. I'm going I'm to I'm get into something else after this, but go ahead and finish, well, finish it. Okay, finish so that. she says, let me tell you his story. When I heard his story, mm -hmm. I had empathy. 
empathy. That's what it allows. That's what it, because I was like, oh, man, dad had it worse than me because he didn't have a mom you like you. You cannot have you know? empathy until you know their story. Where somebody has been. Yeah, this so is, we, we, we assume, we prejudge. Yep, yep. And, man, I thought about it. I said, man, dad had it pretty rough. You know, man, man, dad, I wish you would have made different decisions, you yeah. know. But had he had a mom like me, mm-hmm. or father, maybe an aunt or uncle, like like what my mom was for me, maybe he would have made different decisions. But all around him <clears> was <throat> alcohol. Yeah, the opportunity to cuss it. You know, you know that sailor that they say you cuss like. That's mm-hmm. my dad. Yeah, he he wasn't a sailor, but he, he <laughs> he's the guy they're talking about. But my point is that my mom told me his story, and I was able to immediately forgive him. No wow. offense, but I made a decision. Okay, well, if he's not able to do that then I shouldn't expect it from him. Right. So sometimes we expect something from people who don't have it or not willing to give it. And if we're going to use a biblical reference, a proverb, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sad. Mm -hmm. So when you hope for something constantly, constantly, and you don't get it, you stay in this space of sadness. Yeah. And and that's what the the tragedy of social media does Mm -hmm. for some people is they see that hope deferred, uh, th- for th- those of us that are in the nineties, you mm-hmm. know, we watched the, uh, you know, the Huxtables, we yes, watched yes. the, uh, you know, Carl from, uh, you know, family matters. Yes. We thought that that's what a father should look like, mm-hmm. but what they didn't tell us is all those problems were solved in a commercial break. Most definitely. You know what yes. I mean? And that's not how, that's not, not how reality. it really happens. Mm-hmm. And, and so you had touched on something that I just really love to harp on with people is you pointed out the strength of your mother making a choice. And this is what I try to explain to people, the difference between a widow and a single mother, typically. Mm -hmm. Now, when you talk about the narrative in or around your spouse, um, Mm -hmm. in, 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 and again, this is a broad, uh, you know, a broad broad brush that I'm painting with. uh, But if you were to talk to, a widow to say, Hey, you know, tell me about dad. That story will be, man, your dad was, bah, 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 yeah, bah, bah. yeah, yeah. Even if it was an awful situation, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? You're going to get the highlights of at least as good of a job as they could. Yes. You know what I mean? You'll sense. get that perspective. That makes sense. But imagine if you are hurt by an individual and you were never married. And you never had that connection. You mm-hmm. always longed for it. Maybe you were a side chick. Yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. you didn't know you were a side mm-hmm. chick. Now, imagine that narrative when that child says, I want to see daddy or tell me about my father. I, w- I remember I was at a Food on the Move event, and we were trying to win, uh, give out uh, opportunities for people to win a date with dad. Yeah. And I remember cool. this lady pulling up and was like, what the F you want to give him something for? And I was like, uh... Um, she was like, his daddy ain't in, and she cussing me out about his dad and he's standing right next to her. Yes. And I was like, ma'am, ma'am, why would you do that? You see your son, you see how he's cowering down because you're talking about half of him. Yes. He now has to hate half of himself Mm -hmm. every time you do that. Mm -hmm. Well, here, take this and get this to your daddy. Cause he, I was like, whoa. This is crazy. And so that, that, yeah. Mm. And seeing, mm. so like, think about that kid. Yeah. What is his future like? Yeah. 
So if you know his story, mm-hmm. that he had a bashing mom that berated his dad, mm-hmm. you might have a little more empathy. Right. When he comes to school and he don't respect authority. Right. He's never been checked. And see, that 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 just my mom was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Had probably the best mom. But there were some areas in her life that she wasn't that strong in. And if I had that other person to kind of step up and 100%. to, you know, bring their best, mm-hmm. man, that would have been even more balanced. It would have wow. been less pressure on mom. And and we need people. And that's why, like, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, uh, advocate of community. Yes. So if your father's not there, there's a community, community. that can upgird. I, I talked to um, someone that I met on a cruise ship recently. And she has a great business and doing really well. And we was talking business and about HR and about um, uh, payroll. And, and I was like, oh, man, we was, we was really, you know, have some good conversations. But we had talked about um, why it's not good to, you know, speak negative of fathers and if they wasn't there or whatever. But right. she said, I couldn't be the mother and the father. She said, ain't no way I could be the mother and the father. She said, I'm a woman. I cannot, I cannot be a father. You know, I don't know about being a father. But you can't get, handle the truth. Hey, and a lot and a lot of times they say, why well, was the mother and the It's impossible, it's to, impossible. Be, to be both. It is impossible. That don't make sense. But what she said is, we had a community, basically. Mm-hmm. I had my father there. Mm-hmm. Other men. She said, I made sure that I put him around men of good character. Yes. You know, that had wisdom. Yes. Some knowledge and yes. understanding. And by the way, it's not love that builds a house. From a biblical reference, it says knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Come on. And a lot of times we think that because my mom loves me, that's all we need to have. No, you got to have some <laughs> sense. Like my mom had some sense to say, yeah. I'm removing you from this environment because mm-hmm. you may grow up thinking this is normal. Yeah. And it's not normal. And it's not. And and, and it was she, um, daddy beat her up real bad. This last little fight before we, we moved away. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw it all. And... um banging head on the concrete. I mean, just horrible, horrific. And uh, in chapter two of my book, Dream Another Dream, it was uh, the freedom to dream forgiveness. And like that woman, she's mad at, at her, her, the father of her child. Forgiveness frees you to dream something new. Yeah. Okay, this guy didn't work out. My daddy was a jerk. But if I release that, yeah. I'm free now to go dream something new. Yeah. Because what happens is that hope deferred, we don't let go of the dream. Yeah. We hold on to it as if it's it's old to us. But nobody chose to be here. Yeah. And when you realize that they're just human beings. Yeah. They didn't give you your value. Mm. See, value is something that can only be given by the creator of the thing or the maker of it. If you make something or invent something, you have the right to name it. Yeah. And tell us what his purpose is. Yeah. But a mother and a father, they're not the source of their existence. Yeah. Nobody woke up one day and said, I want to be born today. <laughs> yeah. Nobody does that, yeah. right? Yeah. So our value doesn't come from our parents, mm-hmm. but affirmation does. Correct. We are to affirm, and that is to declare something is valuable. Yeah. Not, we don't give it. So if we don't give it, we can't take it away. Mm-hmm. But fathers are supposed to declare the worth and the value of their daughters yes. or their son to mm-hmm. speak life over them, to yeah. pour into them yeah. and tell the daughters you're beautiful. I used to tell my daughter she was um, dark. I used to call her my little chocolate. I said, look at them big juicy lips. I like your lips. I like your lips. I used to all the time. Yeah. My son had ears like mine. They stuck out. 
people used to talk about me, call me Bozo, I mean, uh, Dumbo, mm-hmm. the elephant, you know, stuff like that. So I'd say, man, look at the mirrors. I love the mirrors. Give them. I nibble on them. I want him to know that your daddy said. Yeah. Daddy said. Because it, it, it'll, it'll, nothing will shard those fiery darts faster mm-hmm. than my daddy said. That's right. And they still went through a tough time with identity yeah. because the world is designed like almost to just rip you of who you are. Yeah. And we live in a council culture now, man, it, it's really difficult, mm-hmm. but even being married, cause I got divorced after 22 years, their mom had some challenges with her father. Mm-hmm. That creates my strong identity issues mm-hmm. and it creates a struggle in your relationship. Yeah. I got this book that I wrote. I haven't published it yet. It's going to be called, I didn't know it was okay to be me. Mm. And, and, and the, I did the work on myself. Like, you know, you talk about therapy and psychology, yeah, yeah. right? Oh yeah. So you got to do the work. The work starts with your story. Yeah. Really? Cause the, your issues, right? It comes from your story. You living. Absolutely. When my dad beat mom, we moved here from Tulsa. I mean, from Oklahoma city to Tulsa. I'm almost six. I made a promise. Man, I don't like the way that happened. That, that really hurt. My mom seems happy. You know, we moved away. But when I get married, I'm going to marry somebody. I'll get older. I'm going to marry somebody and treat her better than my dad treated my mom. Mm. That was my mission. So as a little boy, I was always sensitive to mama's needs. And when she needed more, she got sick. I would be scared she's going to die. Something's going to happen. Wow. So I went into overdrive. I'm going to do more, 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 more. Well, she started to say, oh, you're a good son. Thank you, baby. Oh, man, I like the praise. Mm-hmm. So now I got addicted to the praise. Mm-hmm. And I got this promise that I'm going to marry somebody and pretty much rescue them. And wow. if you know about ACEs, right, um, childhood trauma, things like that, right, you become somewhat of a rescuer when there's abuse Yeah, in the home. I became this super rescuer and pleaser. Mm. It was toxic. Because you can't. Rescue, no, you can't make nobody happy. You can't oh, yeah. fix people. You sure But, right man, about I, I took response. I thought everything that was wrong was my fault. Because mm. my dad was a dog, right? Yeah. So I'm a man. I'm his son. So I must be a dog. dog. And my mom was an angel. Wow. Mama didn't do nothing wrong. So mama's innocent. Ooh. So I had this, this warped idea about me. I didn't trust men. Mm-hmm. Didn't really think I was good enough. I always doubted myself. But when it came to women, I had this oversensitive um, vibe. I, I, I just could nurture because, you know, that was mama, right? Right. So that went on in my marriage. Toxic. Didn't work out. Divorce. Made some mistakes. But the point is this, is that when a father's out of place, mm-hmm. it creates such a ripple effect. And not having that, that position in space where you know your identity and you're in this place where you understand what he thinks, how he feels, what he thinks of you, what a man should be like, that would have been great for me man. to just know that I'm not to please a woman. I'm to serve. Yeah. Serve my family. And that's not love. That's toxic. Yeah. You can't make nobody happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but remember, I, I'm going to fix what my daddy did. You know right. what's funny is you can't fix or you can't make anyone anything. You can't. And I try to tell, you know, my wife used to get so mad at me. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, you make me so mad. I was like, I can't make can't you make, Can't make him do don't, nothing. Don't blame that on me. Mm-mm. You chose. That's right. You know, I, I can only give you the situation. That's it. You can choose to be angry, That's but right. it's not my fault. 
I mean, because other people might not be mad. And see, and so I was trying to right the wrongs of my dad. Yeah. And that's, so I'm approved that all But that's men, how everybody does. It, I mean, and that's horrible. why it's so important for us to know who we are. So yes. that, that, that leads me right into the great transition all right, of on. this question. Because we only asked two questions uh-huh. on the show. You ready? I know, right? You ready for the next uh-huh. question? This is my favorite part. What is your favorite part about being a father? Oh, man, that's a good one. The favorite part about being, you know, I would say this, and I tell people, you got certain people in your life, Mm -hmm. and most of us don't really think of this, but everyone needs a student. Mm. Think about this. We have a paradigm shift whenever a baby's born. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest paradigm shift, or when someone dies. Mm -hmm. It's life, the birth of a person, new life, or death. It's over, right? It's declining. Because we fear death. We don't know what that's like. But the birth of a baby, so innocent, it lets you know that it ain't about you. Mm-hmm. It lets you know that you can't make this happen. It, it reminds you that you're not the source of who you are. Yeah. There's something greater that chose us. And we have these new dreams, new expectations, because we got something that's fresh and new. I didn't make it here. Maybe they can. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another way of saying it. But... It's such an innocence. And when you pour into something and you get a return, remember we talk about a hope deferred makes the heart sad, but when you pour into something, you're expecting a return. There's nothing like a, a student learning and getting it. Yeah, That's the best part of being a father. When you teach them something that's legit yeah. and they get it, Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's my boy. Yeah. You know, That's my girl. You got it. I had a conversation with uh, my middle daughter about um, – uh, r- r- racism, relationships, um, social etiquette. Mm-hmm. And she told just an eloquent story about what it's like to be a black girl at a mostly white college. Mm. And she won a competition where she won some scholarship money because she did an art piece. Right. Art piece was beautiful. And uh, it was about just being in a diverse place where you're not really seen. And when they do see you, you're like whimsical. And they feel like they can just handle you the way they want to handle you. Wow. And she just spoke so eloquently. I was so proud. You know, when they take their first steps, you're happy. Yeah. When they picked up their first piece of food and they can eat it. You know, when they're potty trained. Yeah. My son, he reverted back a little bit when my <laughs> daughter was born. And so I was trying to figure out how to get this dude potty trained. And believe it or not, Dr. Fields shared this on his show. Get his favorite character to use the bathroom. Mm. He loved rescue heroes. Wow. So I took a little Rescue Heroes after I saw him in the corner squatting and grunting. I said, hey, Tyson. He jumped up and he ran. I said, hey, you poo-poo? He said, yeah, yeah, poo-poo, poo-poo. And I said, okay, good job. That's how you poo-poo. But we're going to show you how Rescue Hero do it. He said, Rescue Hero poo-poo? I said, yes. So I took the little dog, sat him on the toilet as best as I could sit him on the toilet, yeah. his little legs back. <laughs> I said, I think you got a poo-poo. And I said, I, and I made the noise, the grunt noise he was making. I said, he do just like you. And I had a little piece of bread in my hand that he didn't see. Yeah. And he said, mm. and hey, little bread fell in the toilet. He thought it was poo-poo. Wow. My son did cartwheels, backflips, dance. And he said, he did it, daddy. He did it, did he? Poo-poo. Wow. I said, so just like Rescue Hero, you poo-poo. Go, mm. Hear it. Just like Rescue Hero. Potty drink. Wow. Well, today years old, ladies and gentlemen, I was today years old when that just happened because my son is in that in that stage. He's about to be two uh, July 15th. And so or July 21st. Sorry. He's 21, 21. And uh, (laughs) 
so I'll be excited to. Uh, I yeah 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 yeah. So when they get it, when they get it, oh, that's the greatest part of being a parent man. when they're self sufficient. And they you learn. have a junior too. Yeah, that's him. Tyson second. Wow, yep. big Tyson. I, call him, I call him Big Tyson. I call him Little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine little. <laughs> oh well, you know what? My son bigger than me. Well, oh. he ain't quite bigger. He's taller. He's taller. But yeah, okay. he hasn't leaned up a little bit. Yeah, he, he's a, in, in college right now. He's okay. A, he'll be a senior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that That's awesome. So you are to the point where your legacy is now living out in fruition. So yes. it's not a simple of you know the hope and the worry. It's like it's happening. It's happening. It's and when they take happening. the precepts, mm-hmm. right? Not just the rule or the law, yeah. but the precepts, the message behind it. And they get it. Yeah. Walking in love. My, my oldest daughter, Alina, she just did something that was so profound, in my opinion. You know, um, somebody, you know, not treating her nice, not really respectful, but she still supported them, still showed massive love. Yeah. You know, those things are powerful. Yeah. You know, um, when you when they make a mistake or something, they, Absolutely. they go behind and correct it. They can receive correction. Mm-hmm. Just watching them mature. Mm-hmm. So everybody needs a student. Yeah. Everyone needs someone to pour into because that hope and that expectation, it keeps you alive. It's fresh. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate it. So we are, uh, man, this is the quickest. This is like feel like the quickest interview I ever got to do. So. That means I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're rolling. Yeah, we're rolling. This is good stuff. <laughs> so I want to, because I, I, I don't want people to breeze past who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I've learned that in, in life sometimes we uh, mistake proximity for value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because I'm close to something, it seems like it's less valuable. Yeah, we get and too so, familiar. Yeah. yeah. So I want people to understand uh, who you are and what you do. So if you could just give us a little bit about each one of the books that you've authored uh, and then what it is that you do and how they can get a hold of you and find you uh, as a motivational speaker, as a uh, personal development and professional coach, uh, but also um, just a little bit about, you know, what an ideal uh, client is because, one of the things that I found super valuable about you as an individual is your authenticity as well as your vulnerability is what propels you to be able to, to be so impactful Mm -hmm. because like there's been many a times where you didn't know that I knew a thing and you could have not said, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But you've always just been like, well, you know, in my case, bop, 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 bop. And it'd be like, wow, he just went right there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it just feels so good to know another individual that does that. But, you know, you also can't be an autobiography author right, right. <laughs> telling your journey yeah. and not be that in authentic person. Because I know people like to sensationalize things. Yeah. Uh, but you actually just had an interesting life that has been uh, valuable for those of us that have gotten the opportunity to know you, uh, but also be able to read some of the literature. I mean, I've sent some of your books uh, to the to the fathers that I have in prison, and they have been raving. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I try to make sure that people understand, like, just because you're close to someone doesn't mean that you should not treat them like you would that stranger or that celebrity. Yes, that, yes. You know what I mean? Because if mm-hmm. I lived in, let's just say, Oakland, and I didn't know you, I would be like, man, Tyson, I see him everywhere. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. on this. He's doing that. He's doing summits and blah, blah, blah. He's speaking here. He's impacting yeah, people yeah. there. 
But because you're in Tulsa, it's like, eh, I might see him at the mall. I might see yeah, him yes. at Starbucks. And people bypass you. So if you could just give a little bit of the dossier of some of the literature that you have out, how they can find you, and then then what it really looks like um, uh, to be able to get you in that space. So in, pe- in case people are wanting for keynote speakers, uh, motivations, uh, classes, and things of that nature, what are some ways that they can get a hold of you for that? Well, I'm like you said, I'm pretty transparent and vulnerable. My number is 918-850-0814. Again, 918-850-0814. And um, TysonSpeaks.com. Okay. And uh, on TikTok is TysonSpeaks5. Mm-hmm. I think I might change this to TysonSpeaks100. But, you know, <laughs> but I'm really vulnerable. And as a barber, mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned to do is listen. Yeah. Because I can't see your face when I'm cutting your hair. And we see everybody from all over the world, like mm-hmm. literally, globally, yeah. people have come. And what I've found is that people don't feel heard. People will share with me what they don't want to tell their husband. Mm. People will share with me what they don't really want to share with their wife. They want to, but maybe they're scared, nervous. Children tell me how they really feel about their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, parents tell me what they really think and feel about their kids. People don't feel safe telling the truth and being authentic. And what I've learned over time is that that's the only way to have a genuine connection. Yes. I have a friend. I didn't know I was stupid until he told me. (laughs) I didn't. If I didn't have a friend to tell me what's going on in my life, I don't think that I would be here. Right. We need each other. Absolutely. The only asset in the world is a person. Yeah. It's the only person. It's the only thing. Now, whatever you believe in the Big Bang Theory, you know, boom reincarnation or creating God. We know we don't exist of our merit, Mm -hmm. but what if that we were created by a creating God? So we'll explore that one. Mm -hmm. He created the heavens and the earth, and then he shaped and formed the human body out of what he created, the earth, the dirt. That's why they say ashes to ashes, dust to dust, right? We all going back to it because it's dirt. It's organic. Yeah. Well, how are we walking around Mm. with eternity in our body because we didn't come alive until he's breathed life into us. Yeah. So we are literally walking eternity. Mm. So when you see a person, it's not just an organic body. The only way they can exist in this space and time is with the breath of God in their body. Yeah. So when I see people, I see your value. I don't just overlook you because you 200 pounds and you're three feet tall. Mm. I don't just overlook you because, you know, you're not attractive or you're a hobo on the street. And I don't look at you just because you're, you're um, you know, 5'7", you know, 36, 24, 38, mm-hmm. you know, because you have money. I see your worth and your value because you're the only thing that has it. Mm. And it wasn't given and it can't be taken by a human being. Mm. So if you want to hear me talk, we're going to talk truth about yeah. who you are. And no one can take it. Yeah. And so keynote speaking, I do workshops. Yeah. And we talk a lot about the mindset, talk a lot about creating community, understanding who you are, the difference between culture and ethnicity. Uh, I have a good, good um, uh, training on um, uh, diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, to really break down because I'm, I'm really I have a soapbox I stand on about, you know, different races. Well, there's only one. Yeah. The human race. Human. That's it. The, the dogs and cats can't have babies, but any human can have a baby with another human. Because mm-hmm. we're human beings, and we have unique ethnicities and cultures. Yeah. We're alike. 
more than we're not alike. Right. We just bring our own different flavor. Yes. Because a spice is a spice. That's it. You know what I mean? No matter what spice it is or what flavor it brings. So humans are humans. Yeah. So um, Tyson speaks, and I speak because people aren't hurt. And I want to help you develop the courage to say what you need to say when you need to say it. Because I I ran from that. Didn't say what I needed to say. Messed up relationships. But I want to bring people together. Yeah. If you want to, in a nutshell, I help people get along with each other so they work better together. Wow. Live better together. Wow. Play better together. Mm -hmm. Vacate better together. Because we're all that matters. And we're all we got. (laughs) That's it. And and all we got. And if you can't take it face to face, one of the things I love about books is it allows you to get professional advice without having to tell anyone your business. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so what are some of the titles that they can find out there for you? Okay, Dream Another Dream. And basically that's about life sucks, but it's worth living. <laughs> you know, like I, my dad wasn't there where he should, so I can mm-hmm. dream another dream. Yeah. We hold on the mess, and we don't know how to move forward. We got to dream something new. Yeah. And we can't give up on each other. Yeah. And you can get that on Amazon. Yeah. So I got future books coming out. I'm waiting on publishing them because I'm learning how to market. Okay. But I got one I didn't know it was okay to be me. And that's about the, the, the falsehood of love, marriage, and romance. Mm-hmm. And that you can live a, a fulfilling life with or without a companion. Yeah. And I talk about my toxic behavior and beliefs about romance. And yeah. Because it's, it, it doesn't do what it, you think it's going to do. Yeah. I got to hear you talk about that on another podcast. Oh man, that's that's <laughs> hey man, I'm telling you that's bomb. We have I some, remember we, I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, that that's a good one. And then yeah. I got one that we talk about relationships. Like I I had a friend, I didn't know I was stupid until he told me. Mm-hmm. That one's about the two-sided coin of a relationship when it yeah. comes to friendships and community. And that one's going to be really good. And then I got a, a business one like a I guess a conglomerate of business books or profer- professional development books mm-hmm. about the mindset about connection, like how to make an authentic connection and communicate through it, how to identify, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses, um, how to perform better where you are. So question, I'll finish with this. What do you do if your best ain't good enough? Get better. I get better. It's the only option. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, get yeah, that's it. And sometimes our best isn't good enough. And yeah. that's okay. Cause people tell us we can do and be anything we want. That's yeah. not true. Cause if we could do and be anything we want, we don't need each other. We can't do and be everything. We need each other to be successful. No one is successful alone. So there's a gift that you have. There's something in you that, that, that life demands. Life demands these four things from us. If it's a growing and alive and thriving, it will grow and develop and produce something. Mm-hmm. And then it's resilient so it can withstand life's challenges. So you need to be growing and maturing as a person. You need to be developing your skills so that you can produce something that adds value to another person. And then that brings communities together. And then when the stuff hit the fan, you need to be tough enough and flexible to get through it. Yeah. That's what life is about. It demands that no matter who you are and what you do, where you're from. Let's go, man. I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I have to say that to people. You cannot, you cannot care about people in the world and things that are going on in the Mm -hmm. world and not care about the people in your home. You can't do it. It's just impossible. You know what I mean? I was just like, I was listening to somebody the other day that was just like, F parents and F this and F that. Hey, you want to help me save trees? Right. like, what? That is it. What? And then (laughs) then the person helping them save trees is somebody's parent. Somebody's parent. Somebody's daddy, aunt, uncle. Come on, man. No one, you can't. You just can't. Existence has no merit without a relationship. Mm -hmm. 
So nobody can affirm that you're even here. If yeah. you existed on your own. <laughs> yeah. And and you would and you would eventually kill yourself. That's right. You you can't do it. it is, yeah, that's what drives this people is, crazy. No, you don't isolation. matter. <laughs> you don't matter unless something can affirm it. That's it. Because it has to matter to something. Or in the business terms, the value of a thing is what people are willing to pay. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and if, right. And if they're not willing to pay you no attention, mm. well, there you go. But you are intrinsically valuable as a human and we are grateful to have you. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the uh, private fatherhood group so we can get a chance to talk about uh, some of the things that you said specifically for the dads. Is there any lasting uh, things that you want to leave for the audience? Any way um, that they, you know, anything that they can look forward to coming up soon for Tyson? Uh, well, those books will be coming out soon, and I'm okay. working on my platform where you can get online courses at TysonSpeaks.com. And I'll be taking you through processes like what courage means. It means to tell your story with your whole heart. It comes from a Latin word, core. So I walk you through that so you can say the things you mean and mean what you say without saying it mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can be more effective. So uh, everything I got, it'll be coming out on TysonSpeaks.com. Yeah. And uh, you can look at a little things, few things I do on Tyson Speaks 5. But um, that's, that's pretty much it right now. And I'm working on getting the platform set up so that you could easily assess me, you know, you get me. But it's going to be good stuff. It's going to help you in every area of your life. My man is cold. I, 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 man, listen, I'm glad you're a married man in the world because he'll be a cold piece of work out there. Oh, hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, that book, um, um, I didn't know it was okay to be me. I talk about that stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. Yes. Because that's, that's where it's at. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are so grateful to have had you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to having you. We got our Fatherhood Love Lottery sweepstakes coming up here on June 17th and making sure to get ready because we also have our park crawl coming up in July. Uh, so we're going to get you next time here on the Birthright Living Legacy podcast where we are celebrating and supporting fathers because we validate the merit that they bring to parenting. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like and share this post because, oh, I just love the song. Oh, 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 oh. Birthright Living Legacy needs your help. As we are on a mission to help fathers who are needing to overcome obstacles to see their children. We are preparing to provide curriculum, counseling, and family law assistance for any of our fathers. We will also have many fun events to participate in with their children as we build a fatherhood community. Partner with us on Facebook or Instagram and go to our website at brlivinglegacy.com and go to our donation tab on the bottom of the page to make a contribution. For any questions, contact us on any of our platforms as we would love to help. Birthright Living Legacy, changing lives one father at a time.